Welcome to the Thinking About Massage podcast. This is a podcast about therapeutic bodywork, but it's a very special aspect of therapeutic bodywork. It's the mental side. It's the communication, the approach that we take, the mindset that we have. I'm your host, Stephen Shule. We are coming to you today from Austin, Texas, and it's a beautiful day here. I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are. I'm joined by three wonderful people who have taken time out of their day to come hang out with me. Philip Russell, who's a massage therapist. Kenny Brown, massage therapist extraordinaire. And a father. And a father. And <laughs> Allison Moreno. Kenny and Phil are Kenny and Phil are uh, licensed massage therapists in the Texas. They are massage therapist instructors. Allison is the president of Okave Massage here with the offices in San Antonio and Austin, Texas. So welcome to all of you. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks. Excellent. So I have a little topic I wanted to, to discuss today. You know, we've, we've had now, uh, this, this is a podcast about therapeutic body work. And I have, a, I have something that I've noticed over the years is that many therapists hesitate to do therapeutic body work. And I think that's a, that's a very interesting phenomenon. I, I, wanted to, um, I wanted to talk with you guys about that. I've, I've noticed over the years, we know we, we teach it here at Oak Haven. Even when people go through the training, they still, they still don't really do it. They still give a nice massage and a glass of water and say, I hope you feel better. They don't really do any of the therapeutic techniques that we teach. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any ideas, of, thoughts about why that might be? I do. I mean, I think when you go to the schools and you imprint on them, uh, the biggest lesson that they teach is to do no harm to your client. And I think that it's kind of counterproductive in some cases that people really feel like if you push on something and it hurts that you're doing harm to a client instead of the opposite where you can help them with. You get rid of, if you work those areas out, you can get rid of problems. But I think so many people get into this line of work that are basically very caring, very empathetic people. And, I, and it's hard for that type of personality in some cases uh, to relearn how to help a person when they went through the training, through the school, and they got out and they're proud of what they're doing and they're putting their friends and their family in a happy zone and everybody's going to sleep and you're winning. And you just don't really see a lot of people in the, in the industry that, that come out of the schools, you know, hitting the ground running with wanting to do trigger point and, and, and really pen and stretch type work and get into it. I mean, they, they have a set of, 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 of standards that the school has to, to get people to, to be able to pass the state exams. And I think that really is uh, detrimental to some folks' overall performance in the long run. Yeah, okay. I, I think it has, there's a lot of layers to it. I think it's not just one thing. And I think for most people, it's a, it's a multiple of things. From my experience in working with so many therapists over the years, first of all, the therapeutic work is very hard on your body. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of energy. And it's a heck of a lot more work than doing a Swedish session. So I think that plays into it. People are worried about their longevity in their career and they don't want to burn out in the first year or two doing this really deep, hardcore stuff. Um, so I think that plays into it. They're, they're trying to kind of pace themselves for a long career. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that 
people are certainly to your point afraid of hurting people um and i think it's a little counterintuitive like you said uh that you're going to kind of cause more pain but eventually it'll fix it so it's a, it's a little bit of a, a mind shift um and the other thing is is that the clients aren't always prepared to receive the work and so you can get complaints if you don't set it up properly and guess what people don't like to get complaints about their work and so you get one or two people saying i did not like that that hurt me it's going to immediately change your mentality on that work and so i think there's a lot to it because the the clients aren't always prepped for it they called up and asked for a massage and all of a sudden you're doing pin and stretch and you're you know you got the lights on and you're talking to them and walking them through it it's not what most people think of when they think of a massage and so if you don't set it up properly and set the right expectations the client can be upset and nobody wants their clients to be upset so it takes you know, a special mindset and it takes a special type of person to really want to perfect the work. And also you need to know your anatomy inside and out. You need to, you, it takes a lot of extra work to study this material and to get it right. And so sometimes we kind of just get into our, our zone and we just kind of show up and do the work. And like you said, the feel good massage is really nice when you get to put someone to sleep. So I think, I think for every therapist, it's a little different, but I would, I would guess uh, my impression is, is that it's a combination of things for, for different people. Can I change my answer to that? (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I, I have a little bit different take on it. I don't think people fear giving pain. And it's something that I've heard uh, Stephen even bring up about therapists thinking that they're going to hurt someone that only lasts that's just the first hump. Once you tell them this doesn't hurt them, you can get over that real quick. So what you may be really dealing with is a fear of professionalism. People are quite complacent just being Swedish massage. Again, that's where we touched on in the first little subject there was, you know, it's, it's easy just to be right here and not have to raise the bar of your professionalism. You, you have to become vulnerable as well in this professionalism of saying, I don't know anything again. I have to start over. The fear of failure, of the fear of failure of trying to learn something new, the fear of failure of trying and letting your client down, I, the, the fear of just, I mean, there, there's all types of fears that come in, but, and most of it, I think, is we're in the feel-good industry. We make people feel good, and we feel good doing it. But what if you don't feel good, you know, having to try something new doesn't make you feel good. And if you thought you were hurting somebody, this goes back to y'all's point, well, that doesn't make you feel good. You're not getting your reward, and everybody got into this for the feel-good reward. But, but the whole fear of professionalism, I mean, that's what really is where I've seen the difference break in somebody who's not scared to try to learn something new. What do you, feel, what do you mean by that? fear of professionalism? What, so, well, that's a good question, because the way I see it is this is a professional-type aspect of the massage and bodywork industry it's it's a highly specialized highly professional end and you do need to go to more training you you do need to know your anatomy you will need to know these therapeutic techniques it, it's good to tap into that to to be a professional there's a higher standard of excellence that people are scared they may not rise up to mm. or that maybe they just don't want to like there's a fear of what comes when i do that you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want that. 
you know, and it, it's really weird to try to tap into people. And, and once you can try to align their goals, you might could even push them into this and, and show how it's not so scary, but it's daunting to look at what we've had to go through to get this type of training here, Stephen. I mean, it's daunting if you were to just drop and say, well, here's an entire cardboard box full of what you got to know. There, there's a fear of what, you know, for, well, let's say the standard massage therapist, when they look at a tier three here where we work, you know, ooh, I mean, I, ooh, they're, they're magic material over there. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, they know their own stuff. But, I mean, fears, they abound from all places, and it's just unique to see that coming from all kinds of different angles, it's something that almost plagues our industry of not bucking up and just getting into this work that is so profound for, for the receiver and for the the therapist, you know, to be able to do this is empowering and to to jump over those hurdles, to get over your fears, that's where we need so to are jive. are you saying that the requirements to practice in a therapeutic way is intimidating for people? Is that what you're saying? Uh, maybe The skill maybe sets a, involved? Maybe a little, but it's the fear of I have to be how professional? Like I have to know how many things? And not just what we've put, but just mm-hmm. the full scope of what it means. Like, I don't think I, I want to buy into that pocket. Okay. Like, that's, okay. that's a lot. I, I, mean, think I think that's, it's, a, it's a fair bet to say that that's the case for some people. But I want to go back to something you said. You said you don't think, unless, I'm, unless I heard you wrong, I think you said, I don't think it's so much a fear of hurting people. Did you say that? Mm-hmm. Really? Because yeah. I, I really feel like that's a, a big component of it. I would agree with Stephen, mostly because I've had to have this talk with therapists. Uh, we have a therapist here and it was early on in his time with us and he's he's a big guy, super strong and a female client came out and complained and said he wasn't deep enough. Right. And I said, he wasn't deep enough? You're not going to get someone to go deeper than this guy. So I asked him about it after she had left. I said, hey, you know what happened? And he was really nervous about hurting her. He had in his previous job, had gotten a really nasty complaint. And his response to that was, well, I'm just not going to go deep on anyone because I don't want to hurt anyone and I don't want to get anyone upset. And so he just decided right then and there, I'm not doing it. And we had to work with him to kind of change his mindset about, hey, you know, this is so rare and the the potential for how many people you can help is way offset by the one person every he's been a therapist for 18 years he's had one complaint that he went too deep on somebody i mean he treats six people a day you know every day of the week it's 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 crazy yeah, i i think i think i would go so far as to say it's the i think there's dozens of things that we could and we have dozens of reasons people don't do this work but i would if i was going to make my list uh, and, and rank them in order of the most common that would be at the top of my list that that people are afraid to hurt people and there's there's some permutations to that in other words part of it part of it is related to as we've said on multiple podcast now their lack of anatomy knowledge mm. because people don't know their anatomy they're hesitant to go deep in areas because they don't really they're not really sure what's under their fingers so they don't want to they don't want to make run the risk they know if they do it at this level this nice flowing level with a moderate ish type pressure they're not going to hurt it. they've been doing that for years nobody's been hurt but if i'm going to go in there and use a therapeutic pressure now i'm concerned 
So did you, you going to comment? No, I mean, because that's very valid. I mean, but it, what I was tapping into is that, let's call it the ignorance of anatomy. You know, the, the fear of, I, I don't know my stuff, so yeah. I'm not going to get in there. And it's like, where, where do these fears come from, you know? And, and it's so unique, though, because the fear of getting in there and hurting somebody, that's a real thing. I mean, as much as I want to downplay it, it's, it's as real as it gets because it's, I think it goes back to people just popping in and pushing and somebody goes, ow! Well, what if you poked in the wrong spot? You might have dang well been mm-hmm. hurting yeah. them, you know? And that's yeah. maybe where they heard somebody, you know, somebody from the public. Well, I don't want that type of stuff. I got a deep tissue and he hurt me. Yeah. Or he you know, bruised like, me or yeah. something. Yeah, and, and maybe that's just an ignorance from that particular therapist that now this other therapist has an imprint of, that's what people don't want. So, you know? funny, funny, fun tidbit. Um, we get a lot of feedback, as we've talked about, from clients and... Um, what some therapists would probably be surprised to hear is that most of our complaints that we receive are about pressure. The therapist didn't get the pressure right. But of those complaints, 80% of them are that the therapist didn't go deep enough. (laughs) Only 20% of those complaints are that the therapist went too deep. So therapists are definitely erring on the side of too light, which I just think is so interesting. And especially here when we hire therapists that do really good deep tissue work and have the strength to go deep it's surprising to me that we would get that many complaints that they're not going deep enough when they they have proven and we know they can go deep enough so that that's the thing that shows me and tells me that steven's onto something with Mm -hmm. they're afraid to go deep and i think it it we've danced around it but i think the overriding factor here is a confidence level um, it, I think it all kind of plugs back into confidence and confidence in your anatomy, confidence in, in the, the techniques that you're using, confidence in your ability to treat these conditions. And so I think, I think we could spend a lot of time talking about building confidence. Confidence that these techniques will be received well by your client, right. you know, that they won't complain about them. And I thought it was an interesting point about you you know, this big giant therapist and he, one complaint. And, you know, I, as I teach class, I always remind people that, you know, you're going to have somebody complain. But if you have 9,999 successes and one failure, a lot of people really change everything based off the failure. Well, it's human nature to focus on the negative, right? right? So you could get you know, 9 million positive responses and you could have one negative response and that's what you're going to spend your time on. It's almost like you have to fight against that as a human. That's just human nature. When I go through and read all of the wonderful feedback responses that we get, I, I literally will scan for anything negative first and then I'll go back and read the nice things. It's like, we just can't help it. There's a, there's a concept in the success literature where people are talking about mindset and success that, that says if, you, if you're not failing... If you're not having some failures, you're playing it way too safe. Right. You're playing it way too safe. You should be having some failures. In fact, uh, the gal that, that did Spanx, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely tells a story about when she was growing up, her dad used to say, okay, guys, around the dinner table, you know, tell me how, what a wonderful day you had. Their dad would say, tell me about your fail. Did you have any failures today? And then he wanted to hear about it. And if, if, no, if everybody said, didn't have any, they'd say, well, then you're, you're playing it too safe. 
What a great lesson to teach people. That is a great lesson. You know, and just to kind of end that, my thought process with, with, you know, fear of of doing something wrong and you change everything, you know, when that happens to me, you know, I I walk around, I I have a lot of confidence, but there comes those moments where you do something and somebody doesn't like it, and it kind of hurts your feelings, you know? I don't like when you do this. I don't like when you do that. And you sit there and think about that, and then you take it into your next session, and it may alter what you're doing. And it is really a weird thing to know that that happens to you, and you have to actually think about it and, and, and consciously work that out. And I, you know, between each session, if you are one of those people that I, I and I don't do this because I think this is a bad thing, when you look at your whole day and you see like at three o'clock that person's coming in, and you might not like that person. So like now it's nine o'clock and you're thinking about that three o'clock session and you're like, no, you're doing your thing and you're not giving this person 100% of your time and they're, and you, you sit there and now you got that three o'clock person and they turn out to actually be a fun person that day. And you think about all the people that you short serve because of the, the negative thought process that you have. And I think people get caught in that kind of a, of a limbo as well. And it, it takes exercise to, with your mind mentally to prepare yourself to do what we do. But when you do get a complaint, it really can knock down your building. Well, one of the things, one of the characteristics that makes a really excellent massage therapist is being caring. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that serves therapists well is to be overly caring that's why a lot of people get into this industry is because they care about people they want to help people all that all of those things that we've talked about so when you get someone who's extra caring and then you give them maybe a negative comment or (laughs) you know they get receive negative feedback they take it very personally and and massage therapists you know they they see their work as art yes and it's criticizing you know their art and they take it very personally, and it it can be tricky to navigate giving a massage therapist that kind of feedback because they really internalize it, and and it can it can throw them in a funk for weeks if you if you don't do it quite right. So and some people will um, gear their whole practice so that never happens. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. And and it's it that's fine. That's a fine way to go if you're if you're interested in doing standard type massage given great nice swedish massage even deep tissue sessions but that will not work in the therapeutic realm because you have to it's the old story do you ever hear the saying you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs right. you know you 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 have to and and i could tell a story maybe someday on the podcast i will do that if you would make a note um about my experience with uh being in practice and all i did was change my pressure basically and, and everything changed so i've i'm convinced that pressure and therapeutic level work we teach our there the people that want to do therapeutic work we teach them that you you have to get to a therapeutic level pressure if you want to to have a therapeutic effect and if you're going to do that on people at scale you know five six people a day mm-hmm. 30 hours a week all month long there will be hiccups along the way and what, what, what I've said is that over the years that I've practiced, my complaints have gone down over time. It's not because I've gotten any better as a practitioner necessarily, although I hope, hopefully that's the case. But I attribute that lack of complaints to getting better and better about selecting who I do the work on. Identifying your clients. And setting expectations. 
So I've gotten better and better at that. Because, you know, and let me give you an example. When you start doing therapeutic work on somebody and they're just, they're dancing, you know, they're, they're, oh, 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 that hurts, that hurts, that hurts, oh, that, oh, that. You, you, you know, this is, you know, you, you have a talk with them, but if you can't make some progress with them, you just go, okay, I'm just going to chill with this person right. and just yeah. do light, light exactly. level work. Because they're the kind of people that if you forced it on them. So I got to the point in my practice where people had to convince me that they wanted the work. And I made them convince me. If they didn't convince me, I, I did a lesser level of therapeutic level work on them because, because why should I just work really hard on somebody just to make an enemy? Right. So I, I, I would tone it down a little bit, and then that allowed me to have lesser and lesser, so lesser, and lesser complaints over time because I did the work on people that I, I was convinced really wanted. And then when you combine that with setting expectations properly, and the way I did that, well, we can talk about that another time as well, but it had to do with me telling people that you're probably, I'm shooting for two days of soreness here, one to two days of soreness following this treatment. If it's more than that, let me know and I will tone it down on the next treatment. So that kind of thing. There's a whole series of things that I, I did. That's but, good stuff. Yeah. It really is. It may just be their, their client base as well. There are people out there that just want a nice Swedish massage. And if you go to like the hotels, and I think a lot of it comes from where you're working at, if you go to a hotel, what are you gonna get? You're gonna go there for the experience, the robe, the cucumber water, and the, maybe the sauna. But the place that you work is gonna dictate what you can get away with as far as the therapeutic level, because I've worked in places that have told you, if that person comes out of there and they're, they, they say you hurt them, they're gonna get a free one and they're gonna take that out of your check which is a very strange feeling to be in, to know that you have this ability to help a person, but the place that you work at won't allow you to do it. Mm -hmm. So you have those type of people, and then when they move on somewhere else, they take that with them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really the industry in itself that has been holding itself down. And I think that what we're doing right now, I think this is the, 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 the eruption of information that's really going to cascade down into the rest of this community and change it. Mm -hmm. I think we're right now, we are at the forefront of mm -hmm. something very important. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let me just mention a couple things and then we'll finish up our podcast for the day. But um, one of the things that needs to happen for people to be more comfortable doing therapeutic work is shifting your identity. And, and Phil has, has, has mentioned this already. But shifting, you know, one of the things we try to get people to think about is to shift your identity from somebody who does massage to somebody who does therapeutic work. It's a little, it's a, it's shifting it from a massage therapist to a healthcare practitioner. So you're shifting, you're, you're starting to think of yourself as a, as a healthcare practitioner. You're still a massage therapist, but you're, but you're, you have that identity that's shifting. So that's something that, that, that can be done. Another one we mentioned, we mentioned the fear of negative consequences. And the other one, I think Allison mentioned confidence. And confidence is a, a great topic for a whole podcast that we will have. There's ways to, that there, is, there are ways to increase your confidence. And uh, we'll talk about some of those. Any last minute comments from anybody before we sign off for today? No, sir. Oh, goodness. I mean, we, we'll go down this path and get going for a while. Yeah. I mean, so this is great, but. Maybe for a different one. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's uh, good to have all of you with us today. Thank you for being here. This episode is brought to you by OkhavenMethod.com, where we have uh, bl a blog with many of these 
topics in print. We have podcast episodes. We have free online training of these many of the techniques that we're talking about. And there is even a schedule there for our hands-on training. So we'd love for you to visit that. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate our podcast and, uh, sub- and hit the subscribe button. Until next time, we will be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you.